name of Jesus. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? All right, come on. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You happy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Stand to your feet. Worship and praise the Lord with us this morning.
If you believe the words you just sang this morning, somebody just lift your hands and worship your king this morning. Let's just enter into the presence of the Lord and just give him the worship and praise that is due. We thank you for visiting us once again, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. Don't stop worshiping this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise your name this morning. Hosanna. Let our king be lifted up. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name, Jesus. We praise your name this morning, oh God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when you're in uh, the presence of God or whenever you're doing something good, there is always that lingering spirit that's just lingering you. You just want to just relax and just let the spirit of god just you know just take over you you just want to be in a, a sweet place with the lord 
you know, when, when, when you have a good meal, you just want to relax and let that meal digest and just take its course, you know. Um, you know, when you hear the word of God, you know, in your heart, you just want to, you know, just want to suck it in, you know. And there, there, there is something about the presence of God that when you're present, there is fullness of joy. And, and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Because it's only in Jesus Christ that we're going to have, you know, a true joy, a true love, a true uh, sense of, you know, togetherness of fellowship. Amen. Amen. We welcome everyone this morning. Amen. So glad to have everyone here this morning in the house of God. Our online congregation, we thank you for tuning in this morning. And I pray that wherever you are this morning, the Lord is moving upon you. Also in your bedroom, your dining room, your basement, wherever you are worshiping the Lord this morning. Just feel at liberty worshiping the Lord this morning. Amen. Because we are here to worship Him. And you know something? If we don't praise Him or worship Him, we're not going to let the rocks I'll praise us. Amen. So we have a right this morning and we are privileged this morning. Amen. So, you know, worship the Lord this morning, the beauty of holiness, because he's deserved all the praises and all the glory and all the honor. Amen. Amen. So an honor again to have our, our guest speakers with us this morning. You know, uh, brother and sister Harvey, so honored to have you here with us this morning. Praise God. We welcome you and we're so glad, you know, we've been enjoying and it's like we know each other for a long time. You know, but God has been good to us. Amen. And the Holy Spirit, you know, will draw us like, you know, magnet together, like we've known forever, you know. But God is so good to all of us. And we want you to just sit in, you know, put your belt buckle on, put your seatbelt on this morning because the Lord have something in store for us this morning. I don't know what's going to happen in the second service this morning, but I know something happened in our first service this morning. So, you know, if you want to be a part of what's going on, make sure you be ready, hoping up for what God have in store this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. At this time, I'm going to invite Brother Tom. He's going to come with a few announcements. Morning, church. There's a lot of announcements today. And so I just want to say up front that Sister Patrice does a really good job of taking all these little banners and slides that are behind me, and she puts them out there on Facebook and YouTube that they're there for you. But more importantly, those of you that are not receiving our text information, if you're not getting those, that regular prompt of news that's going on in CCC, Please contact us through the website or somehow so we can get your phone number on our text line so you can get all these things uh, periodically to remind you of all that's going on. Um, I would like to say publicly uh, one more time to Brother Scarlett, uh, our uh, diversity coordinator for the district. What a wonderful job he's doing behind the scenes and bringing <laughs> folks like this by to see us. He's doing good stuff, and uh, it's wonderful for our district, and it's we're blessed here, of course. One of the neat things I get to do, a special thing I get to do really, is to be involved with North American Missions, and that's the uh, organization that helps to put churches and plant them around. You're going to hear more about that from our, our missionary today, but um, one of the things that we've begun to do is to offer a scholarship. This year, there will be a scholarship offered to young missionaries that are out there, young leaders, uh, some parameters that are involved are you need to be 17 to 21, you need to be enrolled in college, you need to um, uh, fill out an application, and then there will be a review by the folks that are involved with that. But the fact is is that we want to be a blessing towards those young leaders who are out there doing the work of sharing Jesus. And so 
Um, you can get that information on the uh, NAM website. You can also get it through me if you want to contact me, and I'll be able to steer you to the right things. Um, the audiovisual seminar that we've been doing on uh, the third Sunday is uh, going to be postponed today. Brother Scarlett has his hands full with all kind of things, and so uh, we'll pick that up next month. Our next outreach opportunity is going to be on Saturday at 9.30 on the 24th. It will be just like we always do, be here at 9.30, and we'll go out into the mission field and do some things um, in the community. The North, uh, North Central Jersey District uh, is going to have its annual conference on uh, Friday the, the 30th and on Saturday, May the 1st. April the 30th at 7.30 p.m. and then May the 1st at 10 a.m., it will be in Secaucus. Um, it's a great opportunity to gather with the body from the whole district. Um, the, the Friday night service is always really very special. And so hopefully you can join us um, uh, at that time. It will be in Secaucus, and we'll have information for you. The next in the series of singles evenings that we have, uh, excuse me, relationship evenings that we have will be for singles. We've done a few of those already. Pastor Wyatt's been doing this for several years now about your relationship with Christ at the place where you are at. And this one is for singles. It will be Friday, May the 7th at 7.30 p.m. More details to follow. The youth department of for uh, the, the, uh, the United Pentecostal Church um, has done something for years called She's for Christ. And She's for Christ has renamed itself, and it's now called Move the Mission. And Move the Mission is such a great name for the kids to be able to um, gather and do what they need to do. And the, the, the kickoff rally will be on Saturday the 8th. It will be an online event. It's going to be in Plainfield and hosted out of Plainfield, but it's an online event. The Haskers will clearly be giving you some more information. It would be great if all the kids could, be, could attend. The next youth event that's going on is going to be um, the Picnic in Chill. That'll be on May the 22nd. It'll be at Mercer Park. And uh, it sounds like a really neat event. They're going to gather at the marina. I hear that there's a volleyball challenge thrown out there. It should be a great afternoon. More details to follow. That will be in May. Uh, North American uh, Youth Congress is not going to be hosted live this year. It's going to be a virtual experience. Uh, we've attended every other year. It's been a wonderful thing. But unfortunately, getting 40,000 kids into a stadium is just not going to work out this year. And so we're going to have a watch party. Uh, more details to follow on that, of course. The Haskers will be in, in touch with you. But Friday, July the 30th at 7 p.m., the goal is to get all the guys and gals together. Um, hopefully we can host it here, and uh, that should be a great evening. And then the following day, uh, we're planning to go forward with our annual picnic. We have our reservations set. Uh, we're very hopeful that we'll be able to um, have our usual. Um, Saturday, July the 31st, we will have um, the annual pickup. Pickup where we, where we left last year. We didn't get to celebrate last year. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, have a great day. Amen. Praise the Lord again, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord one more time. Amen, amen. He alone is worthy this morning. Praise God, amen. It's uh, that time of the afternoon, morning when we get ready to be blessed, you know, given. Amen. I want you to give generous this morning. In fact, um, 
uh, we have our missionary here this morning. They have some displays over there, some things in the book that you can be a blessing to them. We want you to be a blessing to them. Amen. Also, you know, um, you know, we're trying to get our building. We have a, a, a little water bottle in the middle behind the chair of the AV system. If you have loose coins, um, we ask you just loose coins to put your loose coins in uh, the bottle. We, you know, we're in our building fund um, endeavor here. Um, we're trying to raise $1.7 million. So if you know somebody that wants to write a check for $1.7 million, um, you know, you, you, uh, you want to write a check for uh, Well, thank you, brother. <laughs> you know, you poured it. I love the energy here, <laughs> brother Harvey. Amen. But if you know someone that want to write $1.7 million, you know, we, we, we want to be able to have everyone where we can sit comfortably, social distance in the unusual time that we're living in. And when I said unusual time, oh, my God, you just don't know. You know, and for those of us that are involved in our day-to-day activities and uh, work and school and whatever we involve in, you know, we see sometimes how tough things are. But listen, don't don't give hope on God because our God promised He will never leave us nor forsake us. So we're going to invite you all, if you could stand with us at this time as we receive this morning's offering. Amen. Remember, if you're paying electronically, um, it's to my right, your left. Um, if you want to pay uh, on uh, our cash app, it's cash app, uh, the dollar sign, CCC2711. If you want to pay electronically, online, or if you want to pay here in the, in, uh, the sanctuary, you can see Brother Jordan over there. You'll receive. And if you want, in fact, if you want to also go PayPal, we have uh, a PayPal at Christ Center Church. So you can search for us at PayPal at Christ Center Church, and you can pay also electronically there. So we have two ways of which if you want to, you know, write a check for $1.7 million. And no PayPal may kind of challenge you if you try to do that. But if it's too much and you want us to come by and meet you partway, we'll, we'll make a way to get that $1.7 million in. Amen. Amen. Be a blessing unto the Lord this morning. Bow your heads. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we feel in this place, oh God. We thank you for a missionary. We thank you for a pastors. We thank you for, oh God, all our leaders in this church, oh God, for our online congregation. Father God, as we pray this morning, oh God, we ask you to bless us continually, Lord God. Let your spirit continue move upon us and through us, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will touch that person that want to be a blessing to us. Oh God, that will donate the 1.7 million, oh God. That whatever, Lord God, we, 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 you say whatever we ask, believe in the name, it shall be done. And we're trusting you, Lord God, that you will open up that door and make ways for us. We give you all the glory and all the honor. As we say thanks in the mighty name of Jesus to pray. And just bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. And just continue to worship the Lord in Jesus' name.
Come on, clap your hands on it, Jesus. He's worthy of all the praise. Total praise. Praise him with the clap of the hands. Praise him with the high-sounding cymbal. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Oh, praise him with the string instruments. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Woo! We need to get back to Psalms 150. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. I was made and designed to praise him. Oh, we ought to praise the Lord while we have the chance because the dead cannot praise him. If you're alive, you need to praise him. (laughs) If you're alive, if you're not praising him, I'm just going to assume you're dead (laughs) because if you're alive and you have the breath that you breathe in your body, you ought to praise him because he woke you up this morning. You ought to praise him because he kept you in your right mind. You ought to praise him because he gave you another opportunity to make heaven your home and to have a relationship with him. You ought to praise him. We should be able to live a life of praise. You know why? We don't even need to ask him for anything else because we messed up so much and he has forgiven us so much and he has kept us and has continued to sustain us. We just need to walk around every day and just say, Jesus, uh, I praise you. uh, I thank you. uh, I honor you. uh, I don't need to pray and ask for anything uh, other than just giving you praise. He has done so much that the only language we should live by is praise because we don't need to ask him for nothing else because why even ask him for anything else when we have so much else to be thankful for? Oh, Woo. We don't need to ask him for nothing else. Just keep on living a life of praise and thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. I praise your name, O great God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, O God, because he has done so much for us. I never want to lose the fact that God has been good to us. He continues to be good to us. He continues to keep us. I never want to lose that in my thinking, in my heart, in my reasoning, how good God really is. Amen. Especially, And you know what? You will really praise him when you realize that you're just unqualified to be called a child of God. Because, oh, I don't care how long you've been living for God. Listen, I keep telling you, I'll never stop telling you, all have sinned. So I I pity those who think that I've been living for God for 30 years. Do you know who I am? I pity them because ain't none of us good enough. It's only his grace, his kindness, and his love, and all of us know that we can go strong for a good little while, and then somehow something get in the way, and here we go, that nasty nature pop back up, and we got to go to him and say, here I go, Lord, I thought I had it going. You might not have it like that, but I got it like that. I thought I had it going, Lord. I, I thought I was on the right track. I thought I was just, woo, ready to take off. And here comes this situation, my nasty flesh. Here it comes again. And now I got to go get on my knees and repent again because my nasty flesh got the best of me one more time. Because I know that and I understand that. I know. Thank you, Jesus. Because what if one day we went to him and said, Lord, here we go again. He says, 
too many times. I'm done with you. You know how people like to do that to each other? I'm done with you. How many times I told you not to do this to me? I'm done with you. Can you imagine one day you get on your knees to say, Jesus, I know you've forgiven me many, many times, and I need forgiveness one more. And he says, sorry, can't do it. Think about that, and you will praise him every time as you live your life. Just think about that. You just keep praising him because the day never come when he says, no, not doing it today. My God. Thank you, Jesus. We are so glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Brother Henry always say, understand that you can't be. There are places in this world where you can't have this. So take advantage of this. And we know the pandemic made us realize that we won't always be able to come together like this. So every time we come together, let's take advantage to our online congregation. I need you to do me a favor. I've been thinking about this for a while, and I kept forgetting to ask you to do it. To our online congregation, I know some of you you are on YouTube, and it's a little bit different to navigate YouTube as opposed to Facebook. But if you can just post where what city you're watching from or you're part of the service from and city and state or city and country. So all of our online congregation, make sure you list city and state, city and country where you are joining our service from. We would really appreciate that. We want to give everybody a shout out. Last week I got in trouble. I don't know. Yeah, it was last week. I got a call from Sister Joan Hilton, and she said, Pastor, that was a nice service. I really felt the presence of the Lord, but you you be giving shout-outs to people, and I haven't heard my name in a while. As a matter of fact, I never heard my name, and as she said it, I said, Sister Joan, you're right, you're right, you're right. I haven't given you a shout-out, Sister Joan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I give everybody a shout-out, and so, Sister Joan, this shout-out is for you, especially this morning. Praise the Lord, Sister Joan. Praise the Lord, Mr. Winston. Amen. I don't see Rowan. I'm calling him out. He's the one that make me work hard all the time. So I'm putting him on blast this morning because I've been trying to work with him. He, he missed Easter and he came last week. I'm thanking God. And then where is he this morning? So Rowan, I'm giving you a hard time this morning because we're supposed to be working together to get you in church every Sunday. Amen. So we miss you this morning, Rohan. Amen. And, and, and Dee Dee, you have been faithful. We thank God for you. You are just wonderful, wonderful, and we're glad that you are a part of Christ in a church. Amen. Joe and Barbara act like they're really here, but they're not here. Amen. But they do act like they're here, don't they? Like they're right here in New Jersey and all this stuff. Now, Joe and Barbara, unfortunately, you won't get to see the Harvey's table, how it's set up nice and stuff, but, well, you know. We don't know. Maybe we'll send you a picture. Uh, Patrice said she'll send you a picture or something. <laughs> Amen. And so we're here for you. We just want all our online congregation to know we're here. Whenever you need me, I'll come and see you. And we look forward to the day when you come and be with us here in New Jersey in person. Amen. And our online greeter, we know um, we have a, a, a wonderful online greeter, and she's fantastic and amazing. And uh, we thank God for her. But we have an unofficial online greeter, which is Paul Brantley. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he got something going. You know, he gets on. He said, good morning, church. <laughs> and he did. Yeah, he said, oh, Tom. Hey, Paul Brantley. Guess what? Tom said you stole his line. Whoa. What is going on in this church? Oh, Paul Brantley. Brother Tom said you stole his line. 
Well, tell him you do it online and he does it in person. I got you. Listen, I got Paul Brantley's back. Nobody mess with Paul Brantley. And I'm sure he's got something that he's saying right now online. You know, please. Good morning, Aisha. Oh, he's, he's, he's a riot. And Miss Deborah, thank you. We greet all of our online congregation. We, we love you and appreciate you and thank God for you. Amen. Well, it's that time to hear from the word of God. And we are grateful to have the Harveys with us. But before he comes and ministers, I want to tell you just a snippet of who this man of God and woman of God is. They are newly appointed missionaries. When you hear that word missionary, you're normally thinking Asia and Africa and, you know, you know, all the places that are that are across the sea that we don't usually get to. But this is something different here that I really like. They are newly appointed missionaries to the Native American people in North America. And that really touches my heart because if you do any study about the Native American uh, people, you know that they were here before everybody came and called this their land. This is their land. And they were here. And unfortunately, a lot of bad things happened. And to the point where they're trying to forget about the Native American. And so here we are, a man and woman of God that has been called to go reach them. I'm so delighted. So the Harveys are appointed missionary to the Native American people in North America. Uh, they, they, they will be assisting to establish churches in starting preaching points and daughter churches within the Native American community. And I look forward to that. And so they will tell you a whole lot more about it. And later on, we'll tell you, amen, about how you can give toward what they are doing. And as I like to tell you, we all can, you know, usually won't drop everything that we're doing. We won't, you know, just leave everything and go overseas to start a church and to reach that 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 nation but so many families have done that and we are just honored to have the harveys with us amen um his better half sister jacqueline uh uh, harvey i i love her name because you know it's one of those old school names i don't know if you know that brother harvey you know you know you got a little bit a couple of few jamaicans in here and jacqueline was a uh, back in the day name that I grew up with. It was a lot of Jacqueline's. I don't know if that tells age or anything, but I love her name. And so she is bona fide. She's original. She's authentic. And we appreciate her. And she's got a wonderful husband and he will bless you. So I want you to stand this morning wherever you are. And I want you to welcome to this pulpit, the man of God, missionary Charles Harvey. Come and bless this congregation one more time. the Lord. You be seated. God bless you. Amen. I uh, thank you, Pastor Wyatt, so much. Amen. Brother Charlotte, thank you so much for the work you do for the district and for having us come in. Praise God. We just thank thank you for that. Amen. Uh, Before we get into the word of the Lord today, I want my wife to come up and uh, I want her to greet the congregation. She, She doesn't she doesn't talk too much till she gets home. Praise God, and, and uh, she hasn't been feeling real well, and so I've been trying to take it easy on her. Sometimes we go places, and she just she just takes off, you know. But uh, I think she's a little road weary, uh, packing up and unpacking. We uh, we've traveled sixty five thousand miles, 
we've been to uh, nearly 248 churches, and uh, and so uh, we've. <laughs> if you say it quick, it still hurts. Praise God, Hallelujah! But I want my wife to come, and uh, I uh, I tell people everywhere, and she don't like me to say this, but the Navajo tribe is probably aggravated at me because I got the prettiest girl off the reservation. Praise God. But that's their problem. They can raise up another one. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's hope they'd raise up another one. (laughs) Not for him, but for, you know. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's so good to be here today. Um, God is so good. And um, there was something that Brother White had said about what it takes for us to, you know, what what we leave behind to do what we do. And... um, one of them for, for me is my family. I have three sons, and I have between the both of us, we have 14 grandchildren. And uh, we just recently had a, a new granddaughter born. Uh, she's probably about three, three, close to three months, and I haven't seen her. And her older sister, I haven't really got to really see her also. So I have two granddaughters that I have not been able to hold, to, you know, to love on, basically. And um, there are many times that I, you know, I, I, I long for them. I, I miss them so much. But uh, thank God for deputation, you know, we're, we're headed kind of that way. So I get to go see them. And it's always a joy to see my family because, well, my family's living on the reservation too. So, but that's where I grew up. I grew up on the reservation. Um, I left the reservation um, when I was around about maybe my thirties. And um, and but during the time I was um, on the reservation, I lived around alcohol, divorce, neglect, um, just you know, so much stuff and. Uh, my mom and dad, I wasn't raised in church, um, had nothing, had no idea about who God was and, you know, about going to church and stuff. So uh, my family, my parents, uh, my dad was an alcoholic, and my mom, uh, she she was, wasn't was but became an alcoholic because of my father. And uh, my mom passed away, and I was about six years old, and but before that, my mom and my dad, uh, for whatever reason, you know, they made that decision. They gave me up when I was when I was born, and I am the I am the tenth child. Um, there's ten of us, so I'm the very youngest of my family. And my uh, my aunt and uncle raised me, and uh, my uncle also did um, have. Uh, he drank too, but in all of that, you know, God is God is good because God had His hand on me all those years as I was growing up for for such a time as this. I believe that, and um, I I have lived in um, very uh, very bad conditions, I guess you could say, um, like. Like my husband said, you know, I've lived in um, 
there was a time in my life that I had to live in a tent. And there was a time in my life I had to live. I was homeless. I lived in my car. There was a time in my life that um, I was in a relationship, my previous marriage. Uh, I was in a bad relationship where um, uh, I was physically abused, mentally and emotionally abused. Um, but um, in all of that, you know, God is still good. And he, um, he, he brought me out of so much despair, so much ugliness. And, but when I came to God, you know, I needed him. Because he was the only one that could fix this brokenness. That I, that's who I was. I was broken in, in, every, in every way. And um, I came to God and repented of my sins, received the gift of the Holy Ghost, got baptized in Jesus' name. And I, lived for, I started to live for God, started to learn about who God is for me, got into Bible study. And, and I always make it a point, Bible study is very important to have in our life. That's the foundation for our life. And I raised my, uh, I raised my sons in church. Um, um, but at this point, you know, when, when our children grow up and, you know, they, they, they tend to um, stray. And my sons have strayed. But one of my boys is still holding on. And two of my, my boys are, have strayed. But I believe that... Um, God is doing something in their life today through prayer. You know, if you have any particle, particles in your in your family, pray for them. Keep praying for them. Keep believing because God is God is able to bring them back to where He needs them to be with Him, that they have a relationship with Him. You know, we can't uh, we like like he my husband was saying we can't. We, we, our salvation is to our own, but we can't save our children. They got to have a relationship with Christ. And, but, um, you know, God is so good. I have fallen short so many times, but thank God for prayer. <laughs> thank God for, for forgiveness. Thank God for repentance. And so, you know, but, uh, all, even though I went through all that in my in my young life, you know, as I was growing up and stuff, when I came to God, God forgave me. I forgave me, and I forgave them. And that, to me, that's really important. When when if you have been hurt by somebody or or you know. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, if they're outside of God like my family was, my family didn't know what they were doing. And I had to forgive them. I forgave my dad and my mom. My mom's not living today, but I still I have forgiven her for giving me up for whatever reason. Maybe she, you know, maybe she couldn't take care of me. Maybe she got ill. I don't know. But, you know, God... God gave me a love in my heart for my parents, even though they gave me up. But you know what? God adopted me, and that's 
the greatest thing. So I give God all the glory and the praise for what he's done in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Again, thank you, Pastor Wyatt, for enabling us to be here. Um, I'm telling you, the, the body of Christ is such a beautiful thing. Um, but let, let, let me say this. Uh, don't expect perfection uh, in the church. Amen? There's no perfection in your family. Amen. Every one of us in our family, we got at least one person we hope don't show up at the family reunion. Everybody's going to bring a dish, but that one person is going to take home more than they brought. Every one of us got one of them, at least one. Amen. In our families, we've got people that, that you know, you just have to say, praise God, I love them. They're my relative, but Lord, have mercy. Amen. It's the same thing in the family of God. Amen. We're all at different levels in our growth. The Bible says comfort the feeble-minded. There's feeble-minded people among us. and But they are our brother and they're our sister. And we are to love with patience and to love with, with gentleness and kindness. Don't look for perfection in a church body. You know, some of us get up, we've we, we, we got pains, we've got problems we're dealing with. And, and, you know, sometimes the same brother that that is so uh, dubious to to hug your neck and, 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 and welcome you and say, hey, how you doing? Maybe next week he don't speak to you near his, uh, because you don't know what he's going through. You don't know what your sister's going through. And that's where we've got to be more spiritual than all of that. We've got to be bigger than that. And, and, and it need, instead of saying, oh, what's wrong with her? What was wrong with him? It should drive us to prayer. And it should cause us to say, my brother needs extra love right now. My sister needs a little extra love going on here right now. And so instead of looking down at them or wondering what they got against you, or oh, what would she look at me that way for? Well, look through the eyes of Jesus. Because, remember, God had two kids in the garden. Both of them went bad. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that you're the beauty of the Bible. The beauty of the Bible is that you can see humanity through the Bible. You can see people that's messed up. And that lets me know that God can do something with me. If they if God can love a David, God can love anybody. If God could do uh, the things he did with some of these characters I read in the Bible, I, I'm in good shape. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But, but because, listen, he's a God that, that loves me, not because of me sometimes, but in spite of me. Praise God. And, you know, uh, there, there's a story in, in the Bible that is, probably stands out to me more than any. Uh, you know, people talk about, I come from a dysfunctional family. Well, you know, I'd like to say, show me a functional family. Show me a family that's got it all together. 
And uh, you'd be surprised. You think some of the folks got it all together. They, they, they got problems you don't know anything about. You know, some of us don't advertise our problems. Some of us don't get on Facebook and tell about everything that's going on in our life. Amen. Some of us go to prayer with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But but there's a, there's a story, and we know Isaac, he's got two sons, Jacob and Esau. And, and Isaac is getting up in age, and he realizes that his time of departure is getting close. And so he calls his firstborn, Esau, into the room, and uh, he basically says, son, Dad's getting old. Dad's getting blind. And it's time for me and you to take care of some business. I need to impart the blessing of the firstborn upon you. He said, but son, before we do all that, would you do me just one favor? Go out one more time and make Dad some of that venison stew like only you can make. Man, that deer meat that you fix is so good. And so he goes on out. But he said, when you get back, we're going to sit down and we're going to take care of business. Well, unknown to Isaac, Isaac's blind. He's old. There was someone else that heard that conversation going on, and it was Rebecca. And she favored Jacob, and so she runs and she goes and tells Jacob, son, your dad is fixing to impart the blessing of the firstborn on your brother, and we can't let that happen. She, she wanted Jacob to have that blessing. And so she said, we are going to deceive your dad. Man, that sounds like a wonderful family, doesn't it? I bet here's a patriarch. Here's a man of God. Here's a man, and he's being deceived and connived against by his own wife and his son. You know, how wonderful, you know? And and so Jacob says, how are we going to do that? She said, well, i got a plan. Remember this, hell has always got a plan. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and be closer to God than you are today without effort to get closer to God. Spirituality does not come by default. It comes by pushing against the things of the flesh. Amen. And so hell's got a plan. So here's what you've got to do. Here's what i got to do. I got to grab my wife by the hand and say, As for me and my house, we got a plan. Hallelujah. We're going to serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. We're not, well, we, we have got a plan to get closer to God. We got a plan to be in the house of God. We got a plan to, to, to be more than we have been in the past. We're going to grow in God as a family. We're going to grow in God. And so Esau runs out the door and he goes looking for Bambi. Praise God. And so she tells Jacob, so we're going to deceive your dad. I'm going to make some of this stew. I don't make it near as good as Esau, but I'm going to make up some. Remember, he's old, and we're going to play on his weakness. The enemy always plays on your weakness. And, and so I'm going to make up some, something similar, and you're going to take it into your father, and you're going to pretend to be your brother Esau. And Jacob says, I can't do that. Number one, I don't talk like Esau talks. And Esau is a hairy guy. He's got, he is hairy. Amen. Hey, you know, man, I, as little humorist, I, I used to have a cousin. He's dead and gone now. That's the hairiest man I've ever seen in my life. 
And I, 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 told, I remember one time he took off a shirt. I said, son, put that shirt back on. You look like the missing link. You look like a caterpillar. <laughs> I mean, I mean some, some guys just real hairy and some not. Native American men, a lot of them, they, they can't grow facial hair or uh, hair on their chest and stuff like that. It, you know, it's every culture's different things. And, but here he is. He's, he's a, you know, Esau's a hairy guy. And so Jacob is saying, I know, I'm not, I, hey, no, that's not me. And so she said, I've got a plan. Here, what I'm going to do, I'm going to get some fur, I'm going to get some hide, whatever it was, and I'm going to put it on your arms, and we're going to, and your hands, and we're going to make you feel hairy. And the Bible says that, that, that she said, I'm even going to put some on the back of your neck. Uh, because here's what's going to happen. Whenever you walk into that room, we can't do nothing about your voice. But when you walk into that room, he is going to question the voice. But ultimately, because he's old, and ultimately because he's blind, he's going to rely on his feelings more than the voice. This is, we all live in this chapter. And so we enter into the story in Genesis 27 and 18. It goes this way, Genesis 27 18. So he went to his father. He's got this hair on his arms. He's got it on the back of his neck. And he's got this porridge that mother has made. And he said, my father. And he said, here I am. And immediately immediately Isaac is, well, who is this? He said, who are you, my son? Well, he's thinking, this is Jacob. And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please arise and sit and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. Remember, this man, he, he, he can't see but just maybe an image. He, he's blind and, and he's weak. And, 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 and here the, the, the dialogue goes on. And, but Isaac said to his son, how is it you have found the deer meat so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. And Isaac said to Jacob, you know, Isaac is struggling. Brothers and sisters, please see yourself in this chapter. I see me in this chapter. And Isaac says he's struggling with what he hears and he says, come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. And so Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him. And I don't know if, if Isaac said this out loud or he said it to himself. He said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Oh, what I'm feeling Versus what I'm hearing. The conflict of, of the voice versus my emotions and my feelings. And so uh, he, 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 the Bible says he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He made a decision based on his feelings. And then... The next verse is so sad. 
after he's already done this, after he's already made a decision. He's still wrestling with the situation. And he looks up at this boy with his milky eyes and he's trying to make out who is this really. And he said, are you really my son Esau? And this conniver, this deceiver, this boy named Jacob looks at the old man and says, I am. What a sad, sad story. What a sad story. You know, there's one thing that I I have found that people are longing for uh, to hear from ministry. And that is vulnerability. For years, we tried to act like we had it all together. But, you know, hey, listen, everybody can see through that stuff. Let, let, me, let me tell you, let me give you a little background, a little something. A few years ago, I buried my wife. Um, she uh, had a cancer that was very evasive. Nobody, The doctors couldn't, they didn't know what was going on with her. And it was a routine x-ray that showed a spot on her liver. And from one year from the day that they saw the spot, she passed away. But for ten long years before she passed away, I was her caregiver. It was a very hard time in my life. I was pastoring a revival church in the Atlanta, Georgia area. We had a small family business. Uh, I personally struggle with with seizures myself, uh, but I, I know how to take care of myself. I know how to I know my limits. Uh, and uh, and so uh, and my mother-in-law or my mother-in-law was living with us at the time and and, and I don't have any bad I don't have any bad mother-in-law stories to tell I, I had a very very good mother-in-law and but she was suffering with dementia or Alzheimer's I don't know which one it was and she was seeing things that was not there feeling things hearing things that was not there and it was a perfect storm in my life you know sometimes I would come home. And I would just fall out in the in the bed and have seizures because dealing with my wife's situation, dealing with the church, dealing with my mother-in-law, and dealing with the you know everything, the pressures. It, it was it was a perfect storm for me. And I I prayed a prayer, and I don't regret that prayer. I said, God. Here's here's my heart. I said, God, you're either going to have to heal my wife or you need to take her, one or the other, because both of us are going to die. And I said, here's here's a good thing. Lord, won't you take both of us at the same time? Why don't you do like with Brother and Sister Pew? You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Take me and her, God, because I can't imagine life without her. Lord, take me too. Uh, but God did not see to do it that way. And my wife passed away. And it was a time in my life where I lost my mind. There's a time in my life where I, my feelings were driving me to the dirt. And, uh, and it was a time where I prayed for God to kill me. I, I didn't want to live. I didn't want to see the sun shine again. I, 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 I had three three children. They're all in church. They're all in ministry. I, all my grandchildren are saved. All of my children's spouses are in church. I mean, I'm a blessed man. 
but, but I couldn't think straight. My, my feelings were driving me to the grave. And, and I prayed and I prayed. I said, God, please, why did you leave me and take her? And I, I struggled and I struggled and I struggled. And I'm telling you, there was a two nights, brothers and sisters, two nights I laid in that dark big bedroom all alone with a pistol in my hand. And I knew that one pull of the trigger, I could end all of my pain and all of my sorrow, at least for the moment. But then the voice came to me, and the voice reminded me of His Word. The voice, the Bible says, He sent His Word, and He healed them. Uh, The voice of God saw me through those dark, dark days. I had hid the word in my heart uh, 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 that I might not sin against him. And see, when when he talks about hiding the heart, he's not talking about putting it in a place to where you can't find it. He's talking about I put it deep, deep down in my soul. It became who I was. Hallelujah. And it was the voice that saw me through those days and hours and I remember that night that last night that I held that pistol in my hand I looked at it and I see here's my point I knew I couldn't do it I knew what the word of God said about that situation I knew that my children still needed me and my grandchildren adored me and I needed to be there for them but here is the dilemma I knew I couldn't do it, but I wanted to do it. See, your emotions will want you to do things that are contrary to the Word of God. And I went to the church that next night, and I had prayed many times around the altar, and I was praying. My eyes were all puffed. I didn't know where I could even come up with another tear. I was a basket case. I was just... Oh. And I, I stood before the altar or before the pulpit right there. And I said, God, I don't know what to do. And I'm going to tell you, I don't say this very often, but God has spoken to me a few times in my life to the point to where I know it's audible, at least to my soul. And the, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Son, now listen to this. Listen to this. I I had said, God, I don't know what to do. And the Lord spoke back to me and said, what is it that you do know to do? My brothers and sisters, I'm telling you today that sometimes when you don't know what to do, the only thing you have left is what you do know. Sometimes uh, before God will show you the way, He wants you to reflect on the way that you've already been shown. He wants you to take inventory of where you're living and and where you're at. And, And the Lord spoke to me and said, What is it that you do know to do? And all of a sudden, tears came out of eyes that I didn't think could produce another tear. And I said, God, oh God, I said, here's what I know. Let me tell you what I know. 
When I was eight years old, my mom and dad got a divorce. When I was ten years old, they abandoned me. When I was twelve years old, I was a shoeshine boy in a red light district outside of a Navy base in Charleston, South Carolina. I worked among the prostitutes, shining sailors' shoes. And if you know anything about a sailor, the last thing they need was a shoeshine. But the prostitutes that they were trying to impress said, let the little boy shine your shoes. And, and so I would get the shiny shoes and he would give me money and give me more than he should because he wanted to impress the lady of the evening. And so in that environment, I was supporting myself at 12 years old. And then when I was 15 years old at this particular time, I was living with my grandmother. She gave me a place to put my head and... And, 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 oh, boy, we live one block from the United Pentecostal Church. I was that close to heaven that they didn't know it. And, and, and a, cousin, a cousin came to me, and he just recently found God himself. He said, hey, you, you need to go to church with me. I said, man, I ain't going to go to church. I done tried religion. If I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to do it first class. See, I had already experienced people that say one thing and do something else. I mean, I I was a kid. The next door neighbor used to take me to Sunday school, and I used to listen to the elders talk on the steps of the church after service. They told the same jokes my mom and dad told. They used the same words my mom and daddy used. And I said to God at nine years old, I said, you know something? There ain't nothing to this. And God, if I'm going to go to hell, I know how to do that. I can do it on the skateboard. The last thing I'm going to do is go to church and play church and still go to hell. Come on now. If you're in this house today and you're, you're watching online today, make up in your mind to live for God. Make up in your mind, hallelujah, that I'm going to give it everything i got. I'm not going to play church. I'm not going to sit down and look cute. I'm going to worship God and give my heart to God. Amen. So my cousin said, come on, I want you to go to church. And I said, man, I ain't doing that. He said, let me tell you something. There's a lot of pretty girls down there. I said, sign me up, coach. Whoo, I feel it. What time is church? So I'm 15 years old. I messed up. I used to wear my hair in a fro. I had a big red fro. I was redhead as you could be. And, and man, I'm telling you what, I, I, you know, call it this way. Man, you know, if you, you, that was the day back in the day with the with the walking suits. And I, man, I'm telling you, that that was that was the day, 1970, and I was styling, you know. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you how I got that. You know, back then, Coke bottles, you could get deposit back on Coke bottles. And I had a bicycle with a big old basket on it. And every day I would go through the city, through the county, and I would find Coke bottles in the ditch. And I would, that's how I ate. And you could tell I did a pretty good job. And, 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 and I, I'd find those Coke bottles. And I'd go down to Patchy Pride and I'd cast them bad boys in. And I, ate, I had something to eat that day. 
And, and so uh, he said, come on, you, 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 need to go, you need to go to church with me. And I think I had two pairs of pants and maybe two shoes, three shirts. I don't know. I didn't have much. I was just as poor as Job's turkey. And, uh, and, and, and so he said, come on, go to church with me. And I said, let's go. And so we went, and Lord have mercy. I walked in there, and there they are. Praise God. And I said, this boy ain't told no lie. There's some pretty girls around here. But then I saw something I wasn't expecting to see. I saw people with their hands raised. I saw people crying with their hands raised. And I looked over at my cousin and I said, why are these people crying? And listen to this. He said, because they're happy. <laughs> what? The only time I cry is when I'm sad. And I found out that there is a joy in the Lord. That you can actually cry and be tears of joy. I didn't know nothing about that. And I watched people praising God and worshiping God. And I went, oh, Jesus, you know. I said, whoo. I was, I was kind of scared, you know. I, I'd never seen nothing like that. Matter of fact, it was such a good show, I did put a quarter in the offer when it came back. And, 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 and man, I'm thinking, I, I, yeah, and so... And so I'm hanging around, I'm hanging around, and, and, and I'm thinking, wow, this is something. This is something. And let me, I, 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 I want to I leave this with you, and I, I leave this, I try to leave this testimony with everywhere we go. It was not the revelation of the mighty God in Christ that brought me to an altar. It wasn't anything that the church taught me. It's what this church became to me. It was what the church was. Because this 15-year-old boy walked into that service, into that building, and the men of that church would come up to me and said, Son, I'm so glad to see you here today. Son, another brother would come, Son, I prayed for you last night. And I'm thinking to myself, nobody's ever prayed for me. Another brother would come by and hug me like a father and say, Son, you just make my day every time I see you. And within my heart, I wanted to cry out, would you be my daddy? Would you please be my daddy? Because I didn't know a daddy. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom was an alcoholic. And the sisters of the church came, and they would love on me, a 15-year-old boy. They would hug my neck, and they'd have tears in their eyes. And one would say, God's got his hand on you, son. God's got his hand on you, son. And another would just come and hug me, and she would start crying. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I've never known this before. And see, I wanted to cry, and I wanted to say, would you be my mother, please? Would you be my mama? I need somebody to hold me. See, and you may be 50, 60-year-old here today, but you're just a, there's a little boy inside of you somewhere. There's a little girl inside of you, sister, that just longs to be loved. You long to be touched. And when the church, when the body can be what it's supposed to be, and it can go into the city and leave its fingerprints on a lost and a dying soul, the Bible says, the goodness of the Lord draweth men into repentance. 
And it's because the church loved me and because the church embraced me when I was lost and dying and messed up. I went to the altar and I said, God, I don't understand none of this. But whatever they got, I want to be just like them. I remember that night, I was just a kid. There was a 19-year-old evangelist that was preaching his second revival. You probably never heard of this guy since before. His name was Anthony Mangan. Uh, he, he was preaching his second revival. He was 19. I was 15. When I see Brother Mangan now, he said, Brother Harvey, every time I see you, I'm reminded how old I am. I said, thank you so much. This was before he was married. All this stuff. I gave my heart to God. And I haven't looked back since. That's been 50 years ago. And I'm thanking God for His goodness and His mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it was, it was in that time that I gave my heart to God. And so I, I said, God, I remember the 15-year-old boy that you saved from the dirt. I remember the pit that you brought me, brought me from. I remember when nobody else loved me, you loved me. I remember when no one would put their arms around me and tell me that they cared. You were always there. When the lights were turned off, God, I knew you were there. Amen. Praise God. And I stood back and I said, God, if I never feel your presence again. If you never touch my body again, I want you to know I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Oh God, I will serve you. I will love you. And I will trust you. It was during that time in my life that my my faith morphed into trust. It became more than just faith. It became trust. And I remember praying to God after I got home that night. I said, I said, God, I don't know what you've got in store for me. I said, evidently you've got something. But I'm going to tell you, whatever it is, no matter how dangerous it is, no matter what it is, I trust you. And God made a way where there was no way. Amen. But I gave my heart to God that night again. But my feelings and my emotions were telling me, it's all over. It's all over. And so here we are. We are all in this chapter because we hear Pastor preach to us the Word of God. We read the Word of God. We, 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 we feed on the Word of God. But ultimately, 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 it will be you who decides if you're going to obey the Word of God. We're living in a day and time where it feels, you know, thing, uh, people are, are, are running on, on their feelings. See, there's two types of people in this congregation today. There's a man or woman that will do the right thing if they feel it. And then there's also the man or woman that will do the right thing whether they feel it or not. I want you to know that that, that uh, 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 there was an old commercial, and some of you uh, that's got a little bit of age on you, you might know it. It says, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you like eating those, those, those M&Ms that's got nuts in it. Sometimes you don't want that. You want the regular kind. And I'm here to come here to tell you today, sometimes you feel like a Christian, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like an overcomer, and other times you feel like you've been run over. 
Sometimes you feel like a man of God, and then other times you question yourself. Amen. Uh, we, 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 we cannot live for God based on our feelings. We can't just come to church when we feel like coming to church. We just can't worship when we feel like worshiping. We need to worship and be thankful even in the times we feel nothing. Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. Uh, You know, if the only time you were married is when you felt like being married... The only time you love is when you feel like loving? No, it don't work that way. Faithfulness. Amen. You've got to be faithful when you feel it and when you don't. I don't know whoever told us that we've got to feel everything. You don't have to feel obedience. See, there's a great difference between agreement and submission. Agreement is when the pastor gets up and preaches something and I say amen. I agree with that. But when he preaches something you don't agree with, now that's submission. When, 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 when it goes against what you feel or what you think, now that's where submission comes in. Anybody could be in agreement. Hey, hey, a birds of a feather flock together. You know, uh, but, 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 but how can you submit to things that you don't feel or maybe you don't agree with? Because, see, you don't know all the working parts like the pastor does. He sees the big picture. You just see where you are. There's a statement that was said many years ago, and I I love this quotation. We do not see things as they are. We really don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. We We see things through the prism of our own pain and our own hurt. We can't see the big picture because we're just like Isaac. Brothers and sisters, every one of us in here are blind to some degree. That's why we need a pastor. That's why we need godly counsel. That's why he said, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Because we need iron, sharpeneth iron. We need one another. Because I can't see my faults as easy as I can see yours. And so we need a brother or a sister to come along beside us and say, brother, I'm concerned. I see some things. I see see you going the wrong way. And because I love you, I want to speak into your life. We need that. We need to be accountable, and we need someone to speak to us. See, a fruit tree does not consume its own fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is not there for your consumption. The fruit of the Spirit is for your brother. The fruit of the Spirit is for a lost and dying world. Amen. We need to give of ourselves. And and see, your fruit that you bear feeds me. And my fruit feeds you. That's what's called the body. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can't live without my brother and my sister. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs 14 and 12 says this. There is a way. That seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Oh, it feels like Esau, but it's not. It's Jacob. Oh, but, 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 Pastor, you don't understand. I feel in my heart. You better watch that. When I pastor, I pastor for 38 years. And when people would come up to me and say, I feel in my heart, Brother Harvey, I need to do this or that. 
and we would go into counseling, I'd say, well, first thing, tell me what it is. If it goes against the Word of God, your feelings are lying to you. If it goes against godly counsel, your feelings are lying to you. Everything that comes to you is not of God. Amen. You're like the Native Americans. We, we feel after God, and we, sometimes we feel something that we ain't supposed to feel. It's generated of our own lust and our desires. And so he said, there is a way that seems right. It feels, it feels like he saw, but it's a lie. It feels like he saw, but the end thereof is the way of death. That's why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. That's why the Bible says my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. That's why the Word of God said faith cometh by the voice, hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It doesn't matter about what I feel. It matters about what the Word of God says. Did somebody say praise God? Jeremiah 17 and 9, For the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can, what man can know his own heart? So when you say, I, I feel in my heart, Pastor, oh, come on now. Come on now. You better take them feelings to God. Hallelujah. You, you, you better bounce those feelings off on somebody else. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not like the young girls that would come. And when I pastored, but, uh, uh, Brother Harvey, I think I really found the, the Mr. Wright. I said, where's Mr. Wright at? I don't see him in church nowhere. Well, well, I, well he, uh, he, he, uh, he loves God. I said, uh, well, wait till he loves God like you love God, and then you can get married. How about that? Be not unequally yoked with unbeliever. Did, did the book say that, or does the book say that? And, but, 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 Brother Harvey, you don't understand. I love him. Oh, Brother Harvey, I, 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 I just feel goosebumps when I get around him. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. For how long? Praise God. And, and so here we go. Here we go. My feelings. My, I, but young men come to me and say, oh, I found, oh, Lord, I met this girl. She's so fine and all this stuff like that. Oh, well, Brother, Brother Harvey, will you marry us? I said, yeah, when she gets the Holy Ghost. And she, and she I said, if this woman loves you, she'll come to church with you. If that man loves you, he'll love you enough to come to church with you. He don't have to agree with everything, but at least he loves you enough to come to church. Well, come on. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. We're all blind to a degree. And we need somebody to tell us that what you're feeling is not always right. And I'm not trying to tell you that, that God can't speak to your heart, but I am telling you that it will never contradict the Word of God. Amen. Remember this. Jesus did not pray that we would not fail. He said, I, 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 I don't pray for the world. I pray for those that you gave me. Oh, now listen to that. What a concept. I pray for those that you have given me that their faith, Fail not. Not that you would not fail, because when we fail, we actually learn and we get back up and we're stronger than we've ever been. Amen? If, if our heart is fixed on God. But he said, when they fall, I pray for them that their faith remains intact 
to where they can get back up and not live according to their feelings, not live according to their emotions, but live according to every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Because many times what I'm feeling doesn't match what I'm hearing. God have mercy. I remember going to a service one time, Pastor, and this guy preached. My God, did he preach. And I'll tell you what, I was squirming. I was younger, and I said, you know, I didn't really enjoy that, but I sure needed it. Praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, the Word of God will make you uncomfortable sometimes. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have we we are living in a day and time, especially during this COVID thing. A lot of you know, there's some people that has lost out with God during this time because of their feelings. There's some people that haven't come back to church yet because they're feeling things. Or they don't feel like they used to. And that's why they're not in the house of God. What does your feelings have to do with anything? You know what you need to do. You know you need to be in the house of God. You know that you need to walk with God. Hallelujah. And you need to push your feelings aside and do the right thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What I'm feeling feels like Esau but it is a lying spirit. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And eight times in the book of Revelation, he said, He that hath an ear, not feelings. He that got their feelings. No, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. In the days to come, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen in America. I really don't. I still, I still am proud to be an American. I love it. I love that flag. Every time I see that flag, I, there's something special about that flag to me. Because we are here. We are in a land of opportunity. Many of you came to this country because of that opportunity. Amen. And I thank God for you. I thank God for every man, woman, boy, and girl that comes to make to, to contribute to the greatness of this country and be everything that they want to be. That's the American dream. Amen. I thank God for that. But I'm telling you, if the Lord tarries His coming, we may see another pandemic. We may see another dark time. The question is, how will you respond? If the, if the footman weary thee, how will you stand at the swelling of Jordan? I've seen, and I'm sure it's not in this church, but I've seen a lot of people flake out during this time. Oh, they're, you know, my their feelings have kept them out of the house of God. Their feelings have kept them from being faithful. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter about your feelings. Walk in what you know. Until See, if you'll walk in what you do know, God will reveal to you what you're supposed to know going forward. Be faithful where you are and God will take you further. Hallelujah. But if you are if you're you're if you're fickle right now, you're never going to get to that next milestone. You got to say, "God, help me to be faithful. Help me, Lord God, to worship when I don't feel like worship. Help me, God, to be in the house of God when when when, when all of my feelings are telling me otherwise. I am going to be faithful." Do you think Jesus felt like going to the cross? 
Do you think like that Jesus felt like being beaten with a cat of nine tails? Do you think he enjoyed all that stuff? Uh, he prayed in the garden to him that was able to save him from death in that he feared. Jesus feared. It's not a sin to fear. It's a sin to stay afraid. Our fear needs to bring us to an altar. Our fear needs to drive us to our knees just like it did our master. Amen. He got in that garden of Gethsemane and he prayed, Oh, God, let this cup pass from me. Oh, he saw. He knew it was coming. Oh, but, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He hung on that cross. In spite of his feelings, in spite of his feelings, he hung on Calvary for me and you because he knew it was written that he must do so. Help us, God, to be faithful. Amen. We want God to be Johnny on the spot. He's an all-time God. Oh, he's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. But how about you? Are you a friend of God? Can God depend on you? Are you as faithful to God as he is to you? Let's live the rest of our lives being trying to be as faithful to God as he is to us and let him call us friend. Amen. As we had said in the previous um, uh, service this morning, uh, only 47% of the Native Americans still live on reservations. 53% have moved away, which I applaud. Well, you don't live. You don't need me to live on nobody's uh, uh, reservation, plantation, or whatever it is. You don't, hey, you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. And hey, man, we serve the mighty God and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, forty-seven percent live on the reservation. Fifty-three percent have moved away. They live on fifty-six million acres of land. Amen. Twenty-eight percent of them are below the age of 18. <clears throat> and as we said earlier, the average age is 30 years old. If you take in all the age groups, 30 years old. Only 52% of them have their health care needs. 24% have no health insurance coverage at all. The poverty rate is 23.6% as a whole. And for the ages under 18, the poverty rate is 32.4%. Alcoholism is 500% higher than the general population. Suicides rates are more than 150% higher than the rest of the country. Amen. The native teen percentage is the highest rate of suicide than any population in America. Diabetes is 177% higher among the native American people than it is all other groups. Tuberculosis is 800% higher than it is the rest of us. The average age of a Native American woman when she dies is only 50 years old. The average age of a Native American man is only 47 years old. Only the country of Haiti has the worst, worst numbers than that. The Native American people we're talking about. Suicide is the second leading cause of death and two and a half times the national rate for youth between 15 and 24 years old. Now, I say this, before COVID, B.C. 
The suicide rate in America was up 33% B.C. But during that same time frame, the suicide rate for Native American people, for women, was up 137%. And for Native American men, it was up 71%. Amen. One-third, or or more than one-third of Native death is due to suicide. And, And that statistic is between 10 years and 24 years old. Uh, we, uh, when we were with Brother Eastridge uh, on the Navajo Reservation not too long ago, uh, Brother Eastridge told me, he said, Brother Harvey, last week, right before you got here, he said we had a little Navajo boy, 12 years old, hung himself in a tree. And uh, he said and when he died, he had a little note in his hand, and it fell out on the ground. And we found the note and opened it up, and it read like this. It says, Now, maybe, now. All my family will have food to eat. Yeah. We were, we were, I know we got a couple of young folks here, so I'll, I'll word it a little better. We were working in the Colorado district, and we had our, Brother Graham was preaching, and we, we, we had a chance to address the, 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 the brethren, and we had our, our full display in the back. And a young lady came up to me, and she was trembling. She was just shaking. I, 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 I thought she was really having a problem. And, uh, and she was just cutting and couldn't even talk. And she was pointing at our sign. She said, your ministry? I said, but sister, what's wrong? What's wrong? She said, me and my husband were on the Sioux Reservation in South Dakota, we didn't go on purpose. We, uh, the road went through there, and we stopped at a little store to get some snacks, and we needed some fuel. She said, and whenever we stopped, a seven-year-old little girl come up to me, and she said, can you take me home with you? And she said, what? And she said, first thing, I thought she was going to come ask me for money. You know? she, said, but no. she said, can you take me home with you? She said, what? Where's your mama? Where's your dad? She said, I don't have one. Well, well, honey, who are you staying with? She says, wherever I can go. She said, would you take me home with you? Because every night, every night, the same thing happens to me. Would you take me home with you? I am so tired of living here. I need I need to escape seven years old. Now, this could be your granddaughter. This could be your daughter. But this is life on the reservation. This is life in a lot of our inner cities. This is life in some of our own families that, you know, we're connected to. But here's the thing. These people do not know what to do with their feelings. They don't know... They don't know where to turn. They, 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 their feelings are driving them to alcohol. Their feelings are driving them here and driving them there. See, the, the, the mighty Native American people were a proud people at one time. And the man, he got up every day and he hunted for his family. And he went out and he went and hunted the, the deer and the buffalo and all of these things. And mother took care of the children. Those days are gone. That life has been taken away, and now they're dependent on the federal government. Oh, that's a sore spot with me. If you depend on the federal government, 
you need to, we've got to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they, the males, the males of the Native American people are decimated. Their manhood is gone. They, they wake up to the bottle. They wake up to, they, they, they feel useless. They feel, and so consequently the women have raised up and they rule the family. And thank God somebody is. Somebody's, thank God somebody's raising the children, but the cartels and the drug trafficker, the human traffickers are coming on the reservation and taking these children by the hundreds. And as I, as I said earlier today, out of the 5,712 missing women that has come off the reservations as of late, only 116 cases have been fully investigated because according to our federal government, by their actions, not their words, is that the Native Americans are still expendable. And so we're talking about a people that love we're talking about so when we, we, we were closed with this, um, we were working uh, with some independent One God Apostolic Brethren in Dunseith, North Dakota. Uh, they have a camp meeting right on the Canadian border, and my wife met some Navajo that actually actually live in Canada, and so that was a pleasant surprise. And, and so uh, the two pastors there are Chippewa, and we went and had a great time and just fell asleep wonderful fellowship and then our superintendent of the state of north dakota said brother harvey uh, i understand you're going to come to our district conference uh, uh would you mind after general conference uh, a district conference to go we have a church on the reservation uh here uh that's a church in a day it's debt free we got about 40 beautiful sioux indians in that congregation but the pastor died three years ago and uh, he said, I've been pastoring both churches, and it's about to kill me. He said, since you're here and since you're waiting until general conference, uh, you, you're going to head that way. He said, could you go to uh, Newtown, North Dakota? Could you go there and, and, and look o- oversee the church for a couple of months and give me a break? I said, absolutely, we can do that. And so we pulled our RV up there. We parked it at the church. The, the day that we, or the next day we got there, the next door neighbor, which was a Sioux Indian, she come up to her, invited us to a, to a cookout, and it was the most beautiful thing. I was the only white guy in the bunch. You know what I'm saying? I feel like John Wayne. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, and here, here, here is here's 50 or 60 uh, Sioux Indians. They call them, well, with their, their dialects, Rikara, Hadatsa, and Mandan, and one Navajo. And then one redneck, you know. And so, they, it, it, so I, I go among these people, and it, it was a new, it was when we were first we was first testing the waters, and I, I was thinking, God, how am I going to be accepted by the Native American people? And, and, and I knew I, I've always pastored churches that's mixed congregation, uh, and I, I love it. It comes natural to me, and, and so. We went there. These people treated me like I was their brother and I was their sister. They loved on me. They were they were gracious while we were there. Uh, there was a person in the church that uh, that had somebody connected to the church that died, and uh, uh, Brother Puckett, the superintendent of North Dakota, he said, "Brother Harvey, would you go and represent the church uh, at this funeral?" I said, "Absolutely." So we went, and there's 300 Sioux Indians in this building and one Navajo, and me. 
and I'm just taking all this in. I'm, I'm just saying, oh, God, oh, God. And my, my burden was just growing and boiling over. I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, is this the people? Is this the people that you've sent us to love? And, and then after the service was over with, uh, the, this, this young man, I turn around, this young man is standing at me, and he, a, a huge young man, he said, he said, sir, are you a minister? And I said, I am. He said, can, can I talk to you for a minute? And so me and him, we stepped over to the side, and he said, sir, he said, my dad was a pastor here on the, on the reservation, and, uh, and he died, and he left me the church. You know, kind of like it's a possession, you know. He left me the church. He said, but I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know anything about the Word of God. Would you teach me the Word of God? Would you help me find my way? And I thought to myself, can a fish swim? Praise God, yes. And this is what we're finding on the tribal lands. Hunger like you've never seen. Little churches, Baptist, Methodist, all kinds that have been abandoned by their, by their secular organizations. And they're starving to death for a mentor. They're starving to death for somebody to walk among them and, and love them and bring to them more truth. Have you ever stopped to think what kind of people Priscilla and Aquila had to be to reach an Apollos? What kind of people did they have to be? Oh, Boy, they must have been some wise, wise people. And so here we are. We are going to a people that are decimated, a people that are hungry, a people that long for God, a people that are spiritual by their own nature, and we need partners and missions to get back on the field. We need brothers and sisters that say, I might not be able to go, but I'll help you go back. And we've got a grandson that we left in Georgia and uh, all the grandchildren in Georgia, they're growing up without me. All her grandchildren are growing up without her. But it's a price you pay for doing the work of God. If you're ever going to do anything for God, it's going to cost you something. You're just going to have to make up in your mind how much you're willing to pay. But God has been so good to me. He saved me. How can I do any less for someone else? Amen. My children are in church. My grandchildren are in church. Amen. How can I do any less than to try to help someone to get their children in church and their grandchildren in church? And we thank God today for you. But I want to leave you with this thought. Brothers and sisters, the day, days ahead, and even right now, please do not live for God according to your feelings. Always. Check your feelings against the Word of God and godly counsel. Do not make decisions based on your heart. Do not make decisions when you're going through a valley. Whenever you don't feel good spiritually or physically, that's not a time for you to be making decisions. You need to wait for a better day than make that decision and make sure it's always in the will of God and according to the Word of God. Amen. Because the just shall live by faith. God bless you. Let's raise our hands right now. Let's go to God in prayer. Lamb of God, I need you. Lord, I need you to speak to my mind and to my heart. 
Give me stability in my belief. Give me stability in my heart, God, as far as believing in your word and hearing your voice. Lord, I commit my ways to you today. I commit my everything about me. I give it to you, God. I will walk according to your counsel and not mine. I will walk according to what you say and not what my flesh says. I will walk according to godly counsel rather than my feelings. Help me, God, in the days to come to be stronger than I've ever been. Amen. Today, if you don't know the Lord... You need to repent of your sin. You need to ask God to forgive you. You have you need to have a willing mind to turn your back on sin. And you know, I know you're struggling with feelings. I know you're struggling with things that's going on in your life. But brothers and sisters, it's not going to get no better if you keep doing the same things you've always done. Make up in your mind you're going to do it God's way. Make up in your mind to surrender today. Make up in your mind to say, God, I'm tired of this life. I'm willing to do it your way. Amen. Then then go and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And leave that old life behind. Leave it in the water and raise up in newness of life. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. And find you a church that preaches the Acts 2.38 message. Amen. And go on and live for God according to His Word. In Jesus' name, Pastor, God bless you. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands one more time. Let's look to the Lord right now. Let Him speak to your heart. He's already spoken. Now let Him help you make the decision that you need to make. Let Him help you do the things that you need to do because you cannot do it on your own. You don't understand the things that creates the big picture. But if you will trust Him right now, if you will allow Him to give you instructions in how to make the decision that you need to make. He will. Today is your day. Today is your day for God to make a difference in your heart, in your mind. God wants to speak to you. God wants to change you. And God wants to bless you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Let your will be done, Lord Jesus. Let your will be done, Lord Jesus. Let your will be done according to your purpose. According to your purpose for his life. Let it be so, Lord God. Let your spirit, Lord, overshadow and dwell within him. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody today, God can do just what needs to be done in your life. If you will trust Him today, He will do what needs to be done. If you will not trust your feelings, if you will disregard your feelings and say, God, I want your word to be my guide. I want your word to be what will help me today. I will do what your word says, and I will not worry about my feelings. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I believe there's somebody that's a part of this service today, virtually. I feel it strongly in my heart 
that somebody that's a part of our service today virtually wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you will just reach out to us, I will come and I will baptize you. I can let, I, I will come wherever you are and, and I will baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Just, just let us know and we'll come and baptize you. This is your day God has spoken to you. Now do what God wants you to do. It is your day. It is your time. Let God have his way in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I feel something in this place today. The man of God preached his heart to you. His wife preached her heart to you. We've been blessed today because we know we're all broken people that God is working on and that God has a plan for. Oh, we need to thank him today. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you today. Oh, God, we honor you today, and we bless your name, for there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are our God. Oh, you are our King. And more importantly, you are Lord. You are our Lord. We want you to be ruler and master in our life. Whatever you command, we will do. Whatever you command, we will do. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, whatever you need today. Whatever you need, God will provide it. Not what you want, but what you need, God is here to do it. God is here to do it. Whatever you need, God will provide it. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a word. What a word. It's such a relevant and untimed word. Oh. Oh, so many of us have been drawn away by our feelings. So many of us have been misguided and misled by our feelings. So many of us are struggling because our feelings is just so strong in our life. But how about we do what we know what to do? How about we do what we know we are supposed to do? The things we already know, how about we start doing them and just not allow our feelings to have any control over what we do? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, hey, my God, my God, my God. Oh, do you believe the word of God today? Did you hear the word of God today? Will you allow today to be the day of new beginnings for you? Will you allow today to be the day of change for you today? Oh, it can happen right now. It can happen. Let change take place in your life. Let God change what needs to be changed. Let God do what needs to be done in your life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today. Anybody thankful today? I'm thankful today. I'm thankful today. I'm grateful today. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands unto the Lord. I don't know who couldn't relate to this message, 
You, you aren't living if you can't relate to this message. We had real people stand before you. Brother Harvey, Sister Harvey, I, uh, I so appreciate what I just heard today. I've been trying since God called me to start this church. I've been trying my best to establish a culture of just what you preached about today. Because I believe that oftentimes, you know, we see what we want to see or what our experiences show us. And oftentimes we, we view the ministry as they don't understand. And I believe that's been a hindrance to people over the years because we present sometimes, we that stand back here week after week, we present like we got it together and like, you know, we're so powerful. And, and people hear us a lot of times say, I hear you, but you don't understand. I hear you, but you've never been through what I've been through. And I just so appreciate what I've heard today from both of you that people understand that we're not, we're not perfect people and people that got it all together that stand here week after week and minister. We are broken people just like you are. And we, we have experienced God making us and molding us and shaping us and taking us through just like you do. And so when we preach the word of God to you, we're preaching from a pure place of understanding that we're humans just like you, not perfect just like you, but it's because we don't live by our feelings. I tell you all the time, I'm no different from you, but what happens a lot of times is I choose to obey God, not because I feel him, but because I know what I know, not because I feel it, not because I feel it. And and, and if we want to really, we need to get this word into our heart today. Because all of us was in this message today. It's why we are where we are today and not have gone forward. It's because we have decided that, well, I just don't feel it. You know, and we have that whole persona now about us. Well, I'm not feeling that. I don't feel that. And that has taken us over and we have not fulfill our purpose like we need to because we're always worried about the feelings and so I thank God for what we've heard listen to me you heard me said it earlier and I'll say it again what the Harveys are doing is different I'm always going to keep it real with you what they're doing is different and I appreciate all the 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 the, the men and women the families that have gone overseas and even the, 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 the multicultural missionaries like them that are here ministering to people here. I appreciate all of them. This is a little bit different, church. Can we, can we understand this is a little different? Because when America was founded, these people are here already. This is different. And so I feel strongly about this, about how we can support them. We need to support them in whatever way we can. This is different. And, it, it, you know, it's... I, it, it pains me to know we, we came and see these Native Americans and we just kind of act like they don't exist. Get out the way. This is our country now and we're running this and get out the way. And that's kind of how they've been treated. And in this time of um, social injustice and unrest, we all should understand that right now. So whatever we can do to support the Harveys, please do. They're not going overseas. They're right here. If you call Canada overseas, okay. But they're, they're right here. And so they're going to be in different places. 
just reaching the Native Americans. And what I love about it is they're going to stay there with them for a good amount of time, get them strong and just turn the church over like the Apostle Paul did and go someplace else and start it up. So they need money to do this. They have done this with their own money for a very long time. And so if you want to be blessed, here is an avenue. This is one of the secrets to blessings as a child of God when you support missionary work. It's different. It's different. And so when you give to this work, God is going to bless you. But let's not give because we're looking for something. We have this bad habit of always doing stuff so we can get something back. Forget about that. Let's do it because we care about people. And if you care about people, let's support the work that they're doing. So all you have to do is take one of these forms here. You can fill it out that you want to support them monthly. And I mean, you can support them with up, with up to 25 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month. 75 bucks a month, even if you want to do $250 a month, we're not going to tell you no, and you can do that. Fill it out, give it to them, and you will get a reminder every month, every month, saying, hey, remember you made this commitment. However, if you just want to give them a one-time offering, you can still fill this out, right? And say, I want to give a one-time offering, whatever that may be, and give that uh, to them. If you have the money today, you can give it to us, and we'll make sure they get it. Whatever way you want to help out, please do. Is it, this, is, this is different, as the young people like to say. This is different. So do something to help the Native American people hear the gospel and be saved. Because we got to stop and realize, you know, I've, I've been saying this, um, Brother Sister Harvey, and I know it's not comfortable, but I say it because I'm trying to get a message home here. And that is, I said, you know, the police officer... Derek Chauvin committed murder, and that's clear, and he should go to jail. But I need somebody to preach the gospel to him when he gets to jail. I need somebody to preach the gospel to him that he can be saved, even in that state. We don't want to talk about that. But I don't care, because I care about souls. I, I, I'm not partial to anything other than somebody hearing about the gospel and coming to know Jesus and being saved. I don't care what their state is in this earth. I don't care what state it is. I don't care if you're in a crazy house, in jail, wherever you are. I don't care where that is, except you get the gospel and be saved. That's all that matters, because that's eternity. We have very little time here on this earth, but we spend eternity when we leave this earth. So what we're supposed to care about is people being saved, not what their status is, what they did, because all of us, it might not be murder. But we've done some really bad things that we should not have the opportunity to be saved, but we do. Support the Harveys. See them, talk to them, love them up, let them know we appreciate them and all that God is doing in them. They do take credit cards if you want to give them credit cards. So love them up, support them. And don't forget, I made mention, somebody virtually want to give their life to God and want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Let us know. I'll come down or come up wherever I got to travel to to baptize you. God bless you, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful, blessed week. I love you, and I'll see you Thursday for Bible study.